All right, let's get going. Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, for everybody who is here today spending an hour with us and to Ryan Markman and Northeast ISD for hosting. Um, we're, we're happy to be here to share some great information with you today. Um, my name is Michelle Morris and I work at Consolidated Planning Group. We'll go into a little bit of who we are in a moment. Um, I want to let you know that this webinar is being recorded and uh, we're going to send you the slides and the link to the recording after this is all finished so that you'll have all the information you need in case, you know, if you need to jump off or something like that. Um, we can't see you or hear you, but I know that you're there because I see the number of participants. If you have any questions as I'm going, please put them in the chat box and I'll get to as many questions as I can. If it seems like I'm ignoring your question, please forgive me. It's just that I'm probably about to cover that information or I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later in the webinar, so no worries there. If you happen to be listening on our podcast, um, you can still get a copy of the slides by emailing us, contact at cpgcares.net, and we'll send you out a copy of the slides. So um, Consolidated Planning Group, a little bit about who we are and why we're here today. Um, we are a holistic financial planning firm. What that means is that we look at all aspects of your financial picture to make it as, as beautiful as a, of a picture as we possibly can for you. We're located in Sugarland, Texas, which is just outside of Houston. We serve families all across Texas and, as a matter of fact, all across the United States. Um, we have over 30 years of experience with um, insurance and financial services. We are members of the Million Dollar Roundtable, top of the table. We're fully licensed in insurance and securities. So we do everything that any financial advisor would do. However, we are also uh, special needs planners. We are members of the Special Needs Planning Academy and nationally certified as social security advisors. And what that means is that we go deep into the nuances of what it takes to plan for a special needs loved one and caring for them for the rest of their life, especially if they can't work on their own and they rely on you. Um, so, uh, we people come to us, families work with us to get their protection plans for their entire lives, you know, life insurance and and knowing how much money they need to save for a lifetime of care for their child. Um, we help when when your child is turning 18. There's a lot of big changes that happen because now your child is legally an adult. Um, so that's a big one that we help with transition planning. We help uh, sign up for ABLE accounts and figure that out. And the reason that we advocate and educate families, um, really it's because everybody here at Consolidated Planning Group has some sort of tie, some sort of reason to want to advocate for special needs and the community. Um, Allison and Jeff, the owners of the company, they have four kids all together and two of them have disabilities. Um, I used to be a teacher and worked with special needs children 
often. Uh, my husband, Andy, is the other advisor on our team, and he has come from the corporate health and safety world. So dealing with health and safety and taking care of people, it's in our hearts to advocate for special needs. Uh, you know, there are 263,000 or more financial advisors in the United States, according to the Bureau of, of Labor Statistics, 263,000 advisors total. And out of those, only about 200 focus on special needs planning. And I'm not talking about 200,000, 200 period. So that equals fewer than a tenth of a percent of all the financial advisors in the United States that focus on special needs planning and really understand what needs to be done. So you are definitely in the right place. So today we're going to be talking about a letter of intent, what that is, why you need to have one, how to best go about it. Um, and it's, it's another, it's a very important aspect of your special needs plan for the future. Um, so when you have a child with a special need or a disability, whether it's intellectual or developmental, um, you have a lot that needs to be known about your child. And if something were to ever happen to you, you know, whoever steps in needs to know what to do to properly care for your child and your family in general. Um, now, a letter of intent is not a legal document. It's more like a love letter to your family and, and an instruction guide for whoever comes in to take care of your family when you're gone. Um, it can make sure that the trustee that you hire or that you have set up or the successor guardian that you have knows your child's abilities and routines, interests, likes, dislikes. And it's a great place to put all this information um, in a way that is easy to get easy to get to and easy to understand. So you probably, or you should, already have a last will and testament or a revocable trust. Um, maybe you have a special needs trust. Maybe you have guardianship or a power of attorney or a healthcare power of attorney. These are all things that are very important um, and that everybody should have. But you should also have a letter of intent. And making sure that you're, you're planning ahead and that your child's financial future is taken care of is only one facet of a comprehensive plan that is designed to care for you and your child with special needs once you're gone. Um, a letter of intent is an instrument that communicates your knowledge and your specific hopes and dreams and desires for your child's well-being. And not only yours, but theirs and your family. You should work on this. You should see this as a family project. You know, don't take it all on yourself, but um, you know, let your, your child or children help, let your spouse help. Everyone will have different ideas of things that need to be put into the letter of intent. Um, start with the diagnosis and health history of your child, um, your, the medications that they're on, 
who are they seeing in terms of physicians, what their likes are, dislikes, if there's any allerg allergies, things like that. And, you know, remember that every child is different. So your letter of intent might not look like anybody else's letter of intent. And that's okay. That's important because this has to be really fine-tuned for you and your family. I, so in my previous life as a teacher, I was an English teacher and helped kids with writing all the time. So from that perspective, let me help you a little bit with oh gosh, I have to write this letter. I'm not very good at writing. Okay, so this is what I want you. Um, as an English teacher, I wanna tell you, start with the facts. You know, you're probably, it, it's probably best to do this on a computer, um, open up a Word document and start with the facts. What the diagnosis is, what the medications are, dosages, when do they take those medications? Um, what pharmacy do they get those medications from? Um, who are their doctors? Names, addresses, phone numbers, which doctors for which diagnosis, um, allergies. Starting with the facts is going to help you move on to the personal details. You know, you're going to start writing about their allergies and then you're going to think, oh yeah. And you know what? Jacob really loves, loves spaghetti nights. So if he's ever having a bad, um, a bad day, spaghetti night for dinner will really cheer him up and really turn things around. And, you know, this letter is a living document. It needs to evolve and change as your family and your child evolve and grow and change. So that's why I suggest that you do it on a Word document, you can go in and revise and change things up. I would like, I would suggest that you check on this letter at least every six months. If you make changes, if you update it, print that document again, put it in a file someplace or in a binder that is easy to find so that your family member or whoever steps in, if, if, you're all out of this world, um, whoever steps in could find that document easily. Um, it's, it's really important. And then, like I said, when you update it, print the updated version and stick that in that binder, throw away the old one, recycle the old one. So what else should be in this letter of intent? We want you to really think and, and take some time and it'll take you time to put this together. And when you go back to make revisions, you might think of other things to add, but this is a good list of things that could be in your letter of intent. You know, who are the other family members? Um, who is going to be there to help? Who's your team? You know, not just your doctors and psychiatrists, the school, um, who are some especially helpful neighbors? Who is your transition team? Who is your financial advisor? Who are some really great friends who know your child and can help out? Um, what government benefits are they on? What have you applied for, but maybe not heard back about yet, like the waiver programs? Um, what living arrangements have you made for your child or do you want to be made for your child in the future? What, what's their personality, their habits, 
bedtime routine? What do they love to do? Their recreation, their fitness. What do they need to um, work on? What are their strengths? What what is something maybe you need to write about? Um, hey. Jacob really, really loves spaghetti night, and that's going to make him have a great evening. But if you ever try to serve Jacob fish for dinner, you're going to ruin his entire week, and he's going to have a meltdown, and that'll be the end of it. So don't even try. What if maybe he's allergic to something? Um, things like that. What what values and spirituality? What religious aspects of life and traditions that revolve around holidays, what needs to be known. Um, maybe you have a special family tradition where uh, for birthday, you make pancake batter and you dye it blue and everybody gets blue pancakes for their birthday or, or their favorite color, whatever those little idiosyncrasies, those family traditions, those things that run your family, um, those need to go in this letter. Um, other things, your legal guardians, information about power of attorney and your special needs trust, um, where that information is located, how somebody is going to find uh, that information. Um, like I said, who is your team, your trusted support group? You know, um, I saw a recent webinar where they talked about your team as kind of a, a target bullseye, if you will. You have the middle people. This is your family. Um, the people who are right there, who are close and um, your, your core group, right? Then your next level out, maybe you have close family, who doesn't live with you, friends, um, people who will be there, will help you. They're already a part of your lives. They're people that you trust and love. Your next level out might be the people who are um, at your church or on your soccer team or in your pool league or um you know, clubs that you might be in. That's the next group. One friend that I, I had in the past used to call those your, um, your casserole friends. Like if they hear that something bad happened to you, maybe they'll make you a casserole and bring it to your house, but they're not going to like really stay there with you and really help and really take care of you. Does that make sense? Your outermost level of the or, or circle of this target might be the support that you pay for people like your doctors, your um, attorneys, your special needs planners, the support people that are in your life that you kind of have a business relationship with. So think of all those level of levels of support in this bullseye, and who is there? Who can the person that steps in? Who can they call on? Um, and then, of course, information about any final arrangements, what your final wishes are for yourself, of course, and for your loved ones, uh, what arrangements have already been made. And like I said, this should be a family project. You want to include the loved one that you have with special needs because we want to know what their wishes are and their desires and how they feel about things. 
but also your other family members. Maybe um, your daughter will want something included in there for her brother. Maybe she knows something that you haven't quite picked up on. Oh, you know, Jacob is really good at drawing and telling stories. He loves telling me stories. So he, you could put that in your letter of intent. Or um, not only for those reasons, but also so that your children and your, your family, they all know what is going on. And this isn't going to be like a huge surprise um, if, if something happens, you know, you've got these people in your life and I've heard stories in the past of, you know, oh my gosh, I got a phone call from my sister-in-law after my brother died. And, and they let me know that I am their, um, their kid's legal guardian. And I didn't even know until this happened. Well, you don't want to leave that kind of surprise for people. Involve people in this process and in this conversation so that it's not a huge surprise um, when, when things happen. So here are some examples um, of, of how you can word things in your letter of intent. Maybe you could say something like, you know, Hannah likes to dress herself, but she needs help picking out her outfits. Um, she needs help with buttons and zippers and what is weather appropriate. She likes wearing soft clothes that are not scratchy on her skin. She prefers colorful clothing with prints. Um, and she likes pants instead of skirts. She likes to walk to school with her friends, Lena and Scotty. And of course, I follow behind just to watch out for them. You know, things like that that you just naturally do. You just naturally know but somebody who takes over for you might not know those things. In the mornings before bed, Hannah can brush her own teeth, but she won't do it unless you tell her. Uh, when she's told to go upstairs and get ready for bed, um, she doesn't remember exactly what she needs to do. So maybe you need to separate those instructions out like step by step. Go brush your teeth, get your pajamas on, get into bed. Those kinds of things are better instructions for her. So you can see some ways that you can write a, a letter of intent uh, when it comes to preferences and directions. Okay, I don't see any questions yet, but please remember that you can put those in the chat box and also that this is being recorded and we'll send it out to you later on today. We're also going to send you as a gift our letter of intent workbook. Um, this will help really prompt your ideas. It's form fillable if you would like to use this as a template instead of just writing it on your own. Uh, so this might be helpful, helpful for you as well. And we're going to send it to you um, with the link to the webinar and the slides. So did you know that 53 percent of caregivers said that their own health had worsened due to caregiving because you're so, so busy taking care of others and so worried about taking care of others that you kind of ignore your own needs and your health can decline because you're providing care for somebody else. 55% of caregivers don't even know how to establish a lifetime financial plans 
for their special needs loved one, for their dependent. And that's where we can come in. We can really help you uh, understand what you need to do to take care of your loved ones, to plan for the finances, to plan to make sure that you are getting all of the benefits that you're entitled to and that you don't put, you know, you don't put those benefits in jeopardy by doing something wrong. And that's really important. Uh, we do webinars like this and today's webinar has been exceptionally quick. So come on, give me your questions. Let's uh, let's see what you need help with. Um, but other things to keep on your radar and things that we do webinars about are that special needs care plan. The future care cost estimates, you know, you're saving for your retirement and maybe a spouse's retirement. And now you have this third bucket of money that needs to be filled up to take care of your, your child. Um, we help people with the waiver programs, SSI and SSDI and what the difference is and when you should apply for them and how that works. Um, ABLE accounts. An ABLE account is one place where you can have money that will not count against your loved one's benefits. So you can have money for your child saved in an ABLE account. And there are rules and regulations about how those work, um, but you can put money there to save for their future and it does not count against their assets for Medicaid and SSI and Medicare and all of that stuff. Beneficiary de designations. We harp on this a lot, but it's super important. Your child cannot be listed as a beneficiary on any of your assets. That's your bank account, your life insurance, your investments. Uh, if your child is listed straight out um, on, your, on your beneficiary designations, that will take away their other benefits that they need. So you want to have a special needs trust for your child and in your will and on your beneficiary designations, you will have, rather than saying my life insurance will be left to Jacob Morris, I would say my life insurance would be left to the special needs trust for the benefit of my son, Jacob Morris. Um, that way you can make sure that the money goes to the trust. And that is another place that you can have money where it won't count against them in terms of assets for Medicaid or other programs. Residential community. Oh, one more note about special needs trusts. If child support is a thing in your life and your child is going to get um, child support beyond the age of 18 because of their disability, you need to make sure that that money goes into a first party special needs trust, okay? Um, that way it won't affect their benefits. Now there are, are other rules regarding the first party special needs trust or supplemental needs trust versus a special needs uh, third party, first party, third party, there's some different rules. Uh, but we or an, an attorney can help you figure out the differences. Now, I do see one question. Thank you so much. Do you help with the same things that a lawyer would? For example, um, for which processes do we need a lawyer? And for which processes do you need a financial advisor? So we at Consolidated Planning Groups are special needs planners and financial advisors. 
We focus on the money side of things and your benefits and giving you advice about what you need to do. Um, we help with life insurance and investments and things like that. So we can help you, for example, purchase life insurance. We can help you formulate an entire plan that shows how much money you're going to have at the age of 90 when you pass away to leave to your estate. Uh, we can help you set up an ABLE account. We can help you know who to call to set up your SSI benefits and Medicaid and what the rules are in terms of making sure that your money is in the right buckets. We can also help refer you to excellent attorneys who work with special needs families. An attorney will help you set up your will, your special needs trust. If you need guardianship, powers of attorney, alternative to guardianship, like um, a, a supported decision-making agreement, an attorney will help you with those things. Okay. So uh, we work together, but not in a way where we actually work together. <laughs> we don't work for them. They don't work for us, but we can all be on your team to help you and your family, okay? So we, we work uh, on the money side and the attorney does the paperwork side to make sure everything is legit. And it's very, very important on both sides of the coin. The, paperwork side and the money side, that you have people who focus on special needs because if things get messed up, it can cost your family hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and you're going to spend more money fixing the problems than you would have spent if um, you just had it done right in the first place. So don't just say, oh, you know, my next door neighbor is a family law attorney. And I mean, okay, let me tell you this. My very best friend is a family law attorney. She does divorces, but she does not work on guardianship or special needs trusts. And I would not refer her for that, even though she's my best friend, because that's not her legal area of expertise. You need somebody who really knows what they're doing. Um, okay, so let's look at another question. Is listing the beneficiary as the estate of Michelle Morris, is that okay if they're going to designate things to the um, special needs, the child, the special needs trust and others? Or is it better not to have things listed as the estate? Okay, so what we're talking about is that you don't want to leave anything to your child, you want it to go to their trust. So whether it's your estate or your home or your um, life insurance, whatever it is that you're leaving has to go to the trust. But for deeper questions on that, you will want to talk to an attorney. Uh, do not put your, you don't have to put your email address here to request the slides. And we don't have to give you an email address to request the slide, slides because we're going to send them to everybody who registered. As long as you didn't lie about your email address when you registered for this webinar, we'll get you those slides. Um, and neurotypical, oh, um, okay, well, yeah, talk to an attorney about how exactly to write out your will and uh, those documents.
So everybody who registered, we're going to send you the slides. Um, this link right here is clickable when you get the slides. So you'll be able to see all of our upcoming webinars. Um, we talk about all kinds of things. We have guest speakers. We have attorneys come in. Maybe you have questions about guardianship. We just did that one yesterday. Maybe you have questions about an ABLE account. We're doing that one on uh, Friday. So we have all kinds of webinars happening all the time. Uh, you can sign up for our upcoming webinars by clicking this link. We also have our past webinars on our YouTube channel. So you can watch those. This is our team. As I mentioned, there's two husband and wife teams of financial advisors. That's my, my glamour shot there. And then we have four operations experts who help us with emails and phone calls and paperwork, marketing and, and doing these webinars, putting this all together. You see those four smiling faces? One of those ladies is probably going to reach out to you after this webinar to ask if you have any additional questions, or if you would like to schedule an appointment with us, please don't hang up on them. Just if you're not interested, that's totally fine. We are not pushy. Just let them know. I'm not interested in meeting with you right now, but I do enjoy your webinars. <laughs> if um, you would like to go ahead and set up your free consultation yourself, then we won't have to call you. You can use the QR code you can call us or email us. And again, the email is for us is contact at cpgcares.net. So if you did happen to sign up for this webinar with a fake email and you want those slides anyway, contact at cpgcares.net. Or if you're listening on our podcast and you can't see what I'm talking about right now, you can email us for those slides. This slide also has links at the bottom for our YouTube channel, our Instagram, the podcast, and the Facebook page. Uh, during our free consultation, we first want to answer whatever questions you have that are kind of keeping you up at night. You know, how do I sign? When should I sign up for SSI? How do I do that? Who do I call? Uh, we'll, we're free, free advice, you know. To an extent, we're not going to answer every single question and, and give you the, the whole farm for free, but, you know, get those questions answered. Then we want to learn about you and your family and what you're going through. Um, and then we'll tell you about us and how we work and what we charge, when we charge, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, from there, after we've learned about you and you've learned about us, we're going to be able to decide if it would be a good idea for the two of us to work together. And that's a mutual decision. Uh, for the most part, we love working with everybody, but some people are not a good fit for us and we are not a good fit for everybody out there. Um, so, so we'll be able to decide at that point if we choose to work together to, to move forward. Um, okay, so I... I'm ready for any other questions. Like I said, we do these webinars two, three, up to five times a week. We're always here for your questions. Typically the webinars last an hour, but I guess I just talked extra fast today or we just didn't have as many questions as we expected because we got through it real quick. So enjoy the rest of your hour.
feel free to reach out if there's any questions. Thank you all for being here with me today. And thank you, Ryan, uh, for hosting us. You'll, you'll uh, get that email a little bit later today. All right, no more questions. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody.